cheers to episode 32. Cheers. Cheers. Wait, but now didn't Evan mess it up? Because don't you guys usually go to episode 32? No, we usually just say cheers. Last week I changed it up and I said to episode 31. Because I messed up. Wow. I'm so lost in the intro. Uh, I drank, this is Tito's, Water, and Mio. We're back. Mm-hmm. Corona premiere. Back. Uh, water, where I should be drinking something hardcore right now. So, so Evan is not I dropped back. the ball. But... Would you admit you should be? It basically means the boys are all basically back, you know, back, ready to drink, fully back, ready to drink again. Yeah. Um, Countdown to the camping trip. Uh, three, sixteen, 16, days, 16, away, 16 days, away. days away. Love that for us. Today we were recording uh, Tuesday, August third at six forty-three p.m. and the Pistons did not mess up. The first pick in the draft. Which means this podcast is not dead yet. Because we were on life support going into that thing. No solo podcast for me. It's a shame. It I'm is. sure that people would have loved it. I got <laughs> told this weekend that someone really would have enjoyed if I had a solo podcast. Who? Ben. Said he would listen intently. I think he's just being a good friend. Probably. <laughs> um, how was everyone's week? What's new in your life? I'll go first. Most probably not as interesting as Alex. Um, oh, last time we short. talked last week, um, nothing really. Weekend Friday went to the movies uh, with Cody and Evan. Saw the movie Old. Do not recommend it. <laughs> uh, low quality. What was a What was a uh, quick synopsis of it? Spoiler. Quick synopsis. Okay. Uh, spoilers. I am spoilers ahead. Do it. People with diseases get like tracked down by this resort. And then they try to do like certain tests on them when they get there. And so they know all their medical information and then they send them off to this private beach area on this resort. And this beach like turns them old. Wait, like, is this that? Uh, so they can do testing is this faster. It? Like they see their medical records in a day instead of over an entire lifespan. Or if they die within like 24 hours because it's like you age so fast there. Is this that one that was getting advertised everywhere by yeah, M. Night Shyamalan? He made this movie. Yeah, he's uh, shout out him, the director. I think he's in the movie. He just put himself into it. Or, I guess it's his thing now. I think he's supposed to be like really good. Uh, people throw his name around, but maybe chop him because it sounds like his movie stunk. And he like, well, this movie was not. Just a couple things I would have changed differently. Um, acting was below par. I think they didn't get they didn't get any big names or people I recognize. So I'm IMB this guy. I need to know about what he does. I hear his name way too often. What's he known for? No, no movies I like. That's the, what he's known for. The Sixth Sense, Lady in the Water, Signs, The Village. No, sorry. Out on this guy. <laughs> Should be out on the movie too. I won't watch it. Um, I'm watching that. the trailer. <laughs> it was advertised uh, everywhere. It's messed up. I haven't seen. Yeah. It, it actually it was one of those trailers that like scared me, and they always showed it. Um, it wasn't that many. Was there, it was like rated PG-13, so it wasn't uh, even that like a lot of death. A lot of death in this movie. There was a lot. A lot of people died, but they didn't show like the actual like death part. They would like cut away. Oh. Like spoilers, a girl's like climbing the rocks and like just like passes out and falls backwards. You don't see her body hit the ground because it's right at PG thirteen. This looks very weird. Yeah. All right. Well, it, it is very weird. How was the uh, Friday night? The move. 
Talk to me about the movie experience. I haven't been since COVID happened. Like, what's it like? Okay, so this is my second movie that I've gone to. And we usually are big uh, Imagine uh, fans. Not an ad. Um, Not a big deal. There, it's a, That's in Celine. Um, but we went to MJR. Evan's a huge fan of MJR. Why? Go, no go to MJR. the show where the good times MJR is are. back. Um, their seats are less worn down because Imagine's so popular. Where Imagine's like not all NJR's not as popular. So like I sat in a seat and it was one of the most comfortable movie seats I've ever sat in my life. You just like sink into it. It was like cushioning. It was supportive. It was so nice. Seat <laughs> quality A plus. Um, Interesting. Now this is where everybody's going to start com- comparing the two. Imagine you ask for butter. You get they fill up half of it, put butter on it. Fill up the rest of it, put butter on top of it. Where MJR, you have to put butter on yourself, and they just hand you the bag, and now you're trying to shake it up and put like butter throughout the the entire thing. Doesn't happen. You basically just get butter like the top quarter, and then by the time you get to the bottom, you're just eating giant popcorn. That's how you are with grocery shopping. I'm not surprised that the the butter popcorn ratio is such a problem for you. Uh, well, it is. It's for everyone. It's a big like you go to the movie theaters like you get popcorn. Evan, have you seen the hack though to um, get around that the MJR way? Take a straw, you stick it in the bag, and then you funnel the butter through the straw so it gets down to the bottom of the bag. Um, I don't remember how I was able to acquire a straw, but with COVID policies, I don't think they just have like the straw sitting out anymore. Oh. They have like an in individual wrapper, so you have to like request a second straw. Um, there was not really any seasonings, um, but no I think overall quality is pretty good. MJR is not too bad. And they have the best intro song in the game. That's and you get to clap during the intro. There was probably like six other people, not counting me, Evan, and Cody, into the entire movie theater, so... The clap wasn't very loud. Wow. Big box office day for old by M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. Um, then Saturday, my night was weird Saturday. <laughs> I heard it. Weird. I heard it was a cinematic experience. It, it was. And it didn't stop until after I left Sunday morning because the weirdness continued into Sunday morning. Whoa. Do you need um, to talk about this out. off the record? What? Do you need to talk about this off the record? Oh, no, I'm just going to, like, touch on some points. <laughs> um, shout out, Colby. Can't hang with the big dogs. Wow. Uh, Ryan can't shotgun, like, with the big dogs. Ask him how his side goes. Are you the big dogs? Who's the big dogs? Yeah, me and Cody. Me and Cody are the big dogs. Okay. Like, we walk in there and we're okay to handle ourselves. Yeah, and then, you know, the Tesla just, like, drives us to Taco Bell. And we never make it to Taco Bell. Shout out everybody that was there um, Saturday <laughs> night. They know the story. Very weird night. And then um, Sunday didn't really do much. Oh, Sunday had baseball travel tryouts, super intense situations. Um, then last night, golf. Drew and I, we kicked butt. We beat two guys that were in third, I think. Wow. We beat them 20 and a half to nine and a half. Wow. Like we beat Drew you. shot well. What? Just un- the same un- score we beat you last Uncalled week. Uncalled for, Alex. Yeah, back. true, true. But yeah. we bounced back. I shot three over. Um, my handicap was an eight, so I shot five under my handicap. Wow. Yeah, it was wow. great. Part five, the last six holes, played really well. Shout out to you. Were you in that zone? We talked about a different podcast where it's like how many consecutive golf shots have you hit in a row that were like what you wanted? Did you get in a zone where you had like three or four in a row? <laughs> 
Uh, not really. I just, I think I would say I scrambled pretty well. Like my first tee shot of the day. So we were the first, me and Joe were the first group to tee off. And now people are like warming up on the practice screen, which is right behind the first tee box. People are lining up on the cart path. And I'm the first group and I I always tee off first. Unless the other group wants to tee off first and I let them. But like if Drew and I are teeing up first, like I tee off before Drew. And I swear, I think I hit my tee shot like 80 yards. Like I barely made contact with the ball. I hit so far behind it, took a chunk out of the tee box. And then hit the ball and it, it dribbled. It barely got off the ground. Wow. Heard about I it. I saved that. Yep. I hit a nice hybrid. Just get it up there into the fairway. It was 200 yards out. Put it on the green. Still had a birdie putt with hitting my drive 80 yards. Wow. What a hybrid shot. Grant, you know, the first, you know the first tee box. I didn't even make it to the women's tee box. Oh. I like so if tee box, oh. like it's up the hill to the yeah. women's tee box. I don't even think I made it to the hill. I was still down on the flat. A dribbler. Yeah, so 80 yards is generous, more like probably like 50, 60. That's foreshadowing some golf talk that happened to someone else on this podcast. True. So you want me to go before you then? You can. <laughs> okay. Um, so this weekend, <laughs> I played in a men's partner invitational member guest format. I was the guest with former uh, guest on the show, Cody. With a K. With a K, but that doesn't help you guys if you don't know. The not ginger one. Game of Thrones guy. Game of Thrones guy. <laughs> Mikey429. Yeah. yeah. First <laughs> listener question. Southeast yeah. Mikey. Um, so I so I played. It was a three-day tournament, kind of. is really a two-day. Thursday was a practice round, best ball format. There's skins and such. And I played pretty bad Thursday. I mean, I shot like an 83 or something. I'm not totally sure. I don't remember exactly. Played a lot of golf. But I had the chip yips on Thursday. Mm. So duffing chips, blading chips, really bad. So I was pretty worried. My partner was pretty nervous about how I was going to perform. And so then Friday morning, you know, reset my mind. And we had three matches on Friday. So basically how it works is there's nine points per match. Each match is nine holes and it's a best ball format. So the lowest score between your partners is the score that counts for your team. Mm -hmm. And if you have a better score than the other team on the hole, you get one point. And if you tie half point. So easy. I can even understand it. Yep. Super easy. So in order to, so then you're broken into flights and the winner of all the flights go into a shootout. So you got to win your flight before you can do anything. Like a round robin tribal baseball tournament. So we were in flight two, second best flight. First match, it was a grinder. Absolutely just took years off my life mentally. And we pulled out a 5-4 win on the final hole. So that was huge. Second match, our opponents were a little tipsy. And we won 8-1. to So that in in terms of the invite uh, and how that works, that's a a, a beatdown. That does not happen very often. So after the first two matches, we're in first place. Third match, we lose a devastating match to longtime listener. Won't say his name. But he tried to mentally rattle me. I don't think it worked. I was just just didn't play that great. And we lost by a point. (laughs) So it wasn't we didn't get crushed, just lost by a point. 
his partner made eagle from 100 yards and then birdied the hole after that. So nice. not much you can do, really. Big time yeah. shots. So then you uh, you sleep on it. You go into Saturday. So we were in first in terms of points going into Saturday morning. Got a quick two-point lead in our opening match. So we were feeling good. And then uh, then I fell apart in the opening match on Saturday. Caught some trees. Not good. And we ended up tying the match. So we go into the final round, final match, uh, up one point. So through seven holes, I was playing well. My partner kind of was not playing his best at that point. Whoa. We kind of flopped. Let him defend himself. He, uh, well, I'm going to get to his, you know, saving. And so we're on our second to last hole, third to last hole. And we're down a point because we caught up to the group ahead of us. They told us how the match went. My partner then, so we, we realized we needed to make a birdie. We needed to win this hole. My partner from 100 yards stuck it, nearly holed out for eagle, taps in for birdie to tie with the other team. The other team loses the next hole. We win the next hole. And we advanced to the glorious shootout, chance to win it all. You know, that's what you're there for, to win it all, not just your flight. That's an electric finish in the flight matches. Incredible. Cody and I That is like intense situation. Like Cody having to hit that 100-yard shot and just like you have to bury that hole and Cody sticks it. I don't know how you don't like Tiger Fist Bump. Not a Tiger fan. I don't know how you don't Tiger Fist Bump all the way up. Like all the way, all the way to the green, just from a hundred yards, he's nonstop. The best the part green. of it. So they were on the tee box. The team we were losing to or tied with, I guess, were on two's tee box and we were on one. So they, they were watching because they were waiting. And Cody hit his shot, lands left of the pin and was tracking towards the hole and missed by like that much. Almost went in. Everyone was screaming. I was like running down the fairway with my hands up. It's pretty awesome. Then, uh, then I lift out the birdie putt, and then he made his. So I almost actually birdied anyways myself. Not that that matters. It's crazy knowing that how the story ends. I didn't know that part. How clutch it was to get in the shootout. Yeah, it was. That was a really awesome moment. Then the shootout. So I kind of explained. So now it's the nine flight winners, teams of two. So there's 18 people. Let me hop in a little here. So Grant showed up for this. Yeah. So the lifelong listener that may or may not have rallied you called me. I was in town. Get a quick call. Like, hey, get out. Like Alex and Cody made the shootout. I live like two minutes from the course. I'm like, all right, I'll, I'll pop out because I had like an hour time to be somewhere. I was like, I'll go see you. He's like, yeah, people can show up. So I'm like, all right, this is like a member guest. I don't even know if I'm allowed to go. I show up. I'm like, all right. Alex is super nervous. Cody was like... Terrified. Deep down, I guess he was nervous. He didn't show it Cody as much told as Alex. Me he was terrified. He was trying to act calm, but he was he was very nervous. So yeah, I'll let you continue the the flight, but I'm gonna hop hop in here because I had an, a different pie perspective than Alex did on the whole thing. So 18 people all try to play the hole at once. Okay. Yeah, nine groups of two. You're announced, yeah. you know, tee off. Probably sixty to seventy people watching. Yeah, ton of right? carts everywhere, just, you know, a cluster. And also music playing nonstop. Like I thought music, that was going to get turned off. Talking. But everyone playing their iHome speakers at once, it's pretty loud. Yep. <laughs> so I hit my tee shot. It was all right. It was a little balloony. And pretty good tee shot, i fade. Say. Just missed the fairway. 
little very high. important detail. Just missed a fairway. Yeah, and your partner Cody partner munched a ball right, but it went right and behind a tree. So <clears throat> this is this is where it just gets dicey. So we're going. Cody's driving, and like I said, Cody's a little nervous, so he's pretty locked in on like finding his ball. So he drives right past mine, doesn't stop for me, goes to his ball, and uh, so hits it. He tried to go over some trees, caught the tree, drops down just in the fairway. Mm-hmm. I'm waiting at my ball without Wait. a club. And that just – because Cody's the guy that always told me the trees are 90% air. Yeah. And he stuck to that philosophy in that moment. It just did not work out. Yeah, I told him to play it safe. He smacked he, a branch. He was confident. He hit the tree. It was Whatever. a great shot. Just hit He the hit tree. it well. It's fine. Um, so I get to my ball and people had already – the cart started moving because Cody went past mine. So people didn't realize that I hadn't hit yet. Alex is the last person to hit the his last second one to shot. hit his second shot. I mean, some people duff their shots, so they were hitting three, but they everyone had moved on. He's the last guy to hit his second shot. So by the time I get to my ball, 40, 40 people behind him in carts, I'd say. Get to my ball, it has been clearly ran over. It is just like embedded in the ground. And the rough is already thick to begin with, and it I can like barely see it. And I'm like, oh no! Like I'm gonna, I grab a pitching wedge. I'm just gonna hit pitching wedge. Cody's like, no, you can get a six iron on it. I'm like, well, I can try. And I, in the moment, you know, I'm like super jittery, nervous, amped up. There's cars, carts everywhere. My ball's buried. I didn't ask if I could move it because it got ran over. So that's what I'm I, saying, Evan. That's what I'm saying. How do you not look up and say, I don't hey, know. someone I was ran just over my ball? Super panicked, and so I tried to hit it. And as you could guess, I topped a living death out of it, went like 15 yards. I thought of the perfect way to describe how the shot came off. So you know how a lot of trash cans have like a little foot pedal so you can pop open the lid? It was as if Alex's ball was sitting on that lid and someone hit the foot pedal and just popped in the air and rolled like two feet. That's exactly what the shot did. (laughs) Came out of the ground, popped up, dropped down, a big like... Everyone looked around like, oh, God. I think I put my hand over my face. I was like, Jesus. Yeah, I just did a courtesy wave to all the carts. Like, yeah, I topped it. But, like, no one realized that my ball was just, like, underground. So I top it. Evan, wait, should he have – he should have said something, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I if I see my ball is embedded because of tire tracks, and I noticed that there was tire tracks that went over my ball. I am screaming my head off, asking for a ruling on this. And also, the one of the people that was, like, running the tournament was like, Right there. Within your shot. didn't. I don't know. Panic City. Coming from the guy who likes to, says he likes to stick up for himself no yeah, matter what. I didn't in that moment. Beta move. Oh my gosh. It was a pretty nerve-wracking <laughs> on record. Top it on record. It was beta. So then I got a... So now I'm the first person to hit my third shot other than the couple people that duffed their tee shots. And so I hit a three wood, put it like nine... We played in hole three, Evan, if you know that one. Par five. Oh. Yeah, I hated it. Par five. It should never have been a par five either, but it was. So then I hit my three to about 90 yards out. My partner puts his just in front of the bunker. Uh, I put mine on the left side of the green. The pin is on the right on a downhill slope, almost impossible. And I'm on the back left of the green. So I'm, I'm screwed. Uh, I try my putt for par. I wanted to try to make it. Par would advance. And I hit a pretty good putt. It was going super slow, gets to the hole, cuts off in front of the hole, and then just slowly just keeps rolling until, I mean, like, 
one rotation per two seconds, like dog slow all the way to the bottom of the green, just go up and whack it up there and make my seven. And I'm just like putting all my eggs into my partner's basket. He hits a good chip. He's got about a seven footer for par for us to move on. I tell him multiple times, you know, just hit it hard, get it there. And, you know, the, the, probably the thought in his head was that I made a seven. We're not even in for six, probably crossed his mind. He leaves it short, kind of like a couple feet short. Not, no one really had given it to him yet. I don't think and he just walks up and knocked it in super confidently. And I was like, Whoa, wow. That was, that was terrifying. Go to a chip off member gets the chip. So I have to watch. And, uh, I told him, you know, just, just do your best, get it there left it short, and then the next guy up almost makes it. So we got eliminated on hole one. And that's where our journey ended. And it was devastating. And 365 days from now, I'll be back, and I'll be ready for the shootout this time. And I'll pull my ball in the fairway so it doesn't matter if it gets ran over. But it was it was really fun. Wouldn't it still matter if it got ran over in the fairway? It would be it more likely to kick up. I think... I think what you just took out of that is the raw mentality. I think next time if you hit it in the rough and your ball gets ran over, you just say something. Oh, for sure. I'll definitely have to say something. No one's in a rush. I know it felt like everyone was in a rush, but like to wrap up that tournament, it probably takes at least an hour and a half to play like four holes. So oh, it, it took a good You might as well just say, hey, someone ran over my ball. I don't care who. Can I move it, uh, sir, officer for the tournament? Like, yeah, no problem. Well, never had been in that situation. You learn from it. And uh, if I get back to it. It's hard to win your flight to begin with, so to hopefully I get another chance at it. Yeah, you may never get back to that point. Wow. But yeah, the the, the, the favorite back. flight one they did not win, so flight three ended up winning. Good for them. Yeah. It was a lot of fun, a lot of drinking, a lot of fun. Anything else for your recap, really, or did that really is what was on your mind? Then uh, last night's golf league. Ah, uh, yeah, last night's golf league. Uh, I played a lot of golf this weekend. I was a little golfed out. And uh, I transitioned from fast greens to slow greens, and I did not play very well. I shot a 44. Ooh. Worst round of the year for me. Wow. Evan? So he comes off, and he asked me how I did, and I said it went well. And he's like, oh, we didn't play that well, but they like split 15, 15, 15 and a half. We did split point-wise, pretty much, yeah. And he's like, yeah, I'm golfed out. Not two minutes later, what do I see him doing? He's over there playing extra holes. So is he really golfed out? Well, you can't turn down extra holes. And I ended up winning, well, you can. winning all the money in the extra holes, out. too. Well, I it didn't just, drive there. My my partner did, my father. So if you wanted to play extra holes, I'm not just going to sit there and watch. The boys love golf. What, you, what can you say? I do love golf. I do. It's a great time. Didn't get an invite for the extra holes. Feels bad. I sat on the tee box. That's like the second time, but I feel like you've missed it. Where they talk about I, yeah, it, is. it just doesn't it is. seem like extra holes needs to be an inviting. I thought like if we're going, it does. When there was only two people, so four some was the only ones playing the extra holes. Like you need to be invited. If how there was like ten or twelve people over there? Then you just like show up and nobody's gonna say anything. How well do you know those four people by chance? Very well, but I didn't even know that you they were playing extra holes. So it's yeah, not like something I'm just like hey, it is a quick phone call. Hey, we're going to play extra holes. You want to go? It was Lou. Hey, we're Bob. playing extra holes. Don't put your bags away. I'm like, yes, I'm down. When did you put After your bags? I shot away? a 39. Like I, I would want to play. Extra he would have won that money. But you, I didn't know if your bag was out. I mean, how would I know that? I didn't know I was playing extra holes till the second. I you know how you know holes. is you call him and communicate, and you just say, hey. call him while I'm <laughs> playing golf. I was the last group. Adam was the first group. Keep that in mind. 
just seems like a recurring yeah, I never pattern. saw you until you were on four and I was on eight. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't. All right. Wow. Hey, you were the last group. Did I get my closest two on eight? No. Devastating. That was a live break. <laughs> I um part you beat me? <laughs> uh, I beat your wow, spot. Hard to believe. Part of my recap was Alex's golf, obviously. Other than that, I did what most people across the country might be doing. I shouldn't say most. It's a pretty popular show. I watched all of Outer Banks season two in one night, one sitting. Um, what does that mean? That's 10 40-plus minute episodes. Took all me, in a row. Took me until 3 a.m. Didn't feel great about it. Felt kind of gross. Are we in the trust tree right I won't spoil anything because it's still uh, you know being watched, but are we in the trust tree right now? Yeah, we are. I uh, I teared up in episode one. Oh, you're yeah. real tears came to my eyes in episode one of the show. Whoa, Evan, I've tried to tell you to watch the show, and I, I teared up in the last episode of season one. And this is like the only thing I've ever watched on TV that like made me tear up. So it's kind of weird. I don't know if I'm getting soft or what. I don't cry really, but something about the show just I not I wouldn't call it crying. It's just like when water fills your eyes. I was like, wow, what's going on, Grant? Pull it together. TV show. Evan, do you need to ask the listeners for a Netflix login or something? Um, like like I've told you probably once. Um, when I'm home in the summer, like I don't watch TV. Like I don't have like really time. I don't like I'm not committed to like watching TV other than sports. Agreed. Like I don't have the capability of to like sit down and watch Netflix or Disney Plus for hours. Um, so but when I go back to school, like I have a list of shows that I need to watch and I committed to watching those. This should be on the right. top of the list. Um, yes, from everything I see, but I do see a lot of TikToks that makes me want to watch it soon. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I know what you're saying. I'm not even gonna bonk you for that because yeah, it's deserved. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great great yeah. show, highly recommend. Um maybe next episode we'll do a brief no, we're not gonna review it because like I, don't know, I doubt that many people that listen to the show have the Venn diagram of people that have also watched it. It's probably pretty small. But I won't, I can't talk about it yet. It's, it's too early in it. And not many people are psychos and watch it in one night. Other than that, before we get into the main topics, the last thing I have is tensions are a little bit high between Alex and I as we sit here right now because my soccer team is trying to acquire his soccer team's best player. Some people would call him the best striker in the world. Also, Alex. I politely asked for you to do your cheesecake so to do your cheesecake review at the end of the show, and you're just eating it right now. Dude, this is so good. You gotta try this. Really good. I, I mean, it's phenomenal. Here's the thing: when people say like you gotta try this, and you, there's no spoon for me, like what am I supposed to? You want to use mine? No, that's disgusting. It's pretty good though. I might use the whole thing. You just ruin you ruin the end of the show. That's all right. It's now all right. Tensions, I can do it again. I'll now, save now tensions are more high. Basically. From my perspective, Man City, club I root for, is very close to signing Harry Kane. I wouldn't um, say it's that close. He yeah. is doing a old-fashioned holdout of camp where he's just not going to show up. Uh, until, he's coming. Until, uh, and then when he does show up, I guess, he's going to sit down with the head guy and say, hey, I wanted this dumpster fire because I asked you to leave earlier and you won't let me go. And we have the money well, to spend. Well, he signed spend. a contract. We have the money to spend. So be on the lookout for that. If you see that breaking news... It's not a soccer podcast, but if you see that news, just know that there's some tough times for either Alex or myself. I won't be that disappointed. We'll probably just win the Premier League again without him, but I'd like to have him. We're not winning the Premier League with him or without him, so I've moved, I'm ready to move forward. All right. Let's dive into Detroit sports. Get back the attention of everyone. The Detroit Pistons, baby. 
the NBA draft, free agency. Probably will never have a news cycle like we just had uh, ever again, the way that the timing works of COVID. And when you think about it, that NBA draft is like, and the Olympics are like the, well, main, Olympics is every four years or whatever. The NBA draft, once that's over, like we're basically back on the normal sports calendar now. You know, fingers crossed, nothing ever gets delayed again. But like we're back now because that was the la- the draft and the NBA season was the last thing that got pushed back. Because normally the draft doesn't happen right before free agency. So it's just been a whirlwind of what's been going on. So we have a lot to cover here. Several questions, but the easiest way I just like to get from you guys, the easiest information I like to get from you guys to start is draft grades. You know, the classic cliche draft grade, then you can explain on it. But what would you give the Detroit Pistons draft grade? A minus. You copy me? I didn't know what you gave the Pistons. A minus. I'll give my reason after the Mr. Grades. I'll give them an A. Okay. So we're all in the same area. Mm-hmm. We all like Cade. We don't need to discuss Cade's that. like majority of my grade. Right. Like I mean, it's pretty hard to mess up. 95% the, of my grade. Yeah, at so. least 90 Pretty hard to mess up the draft really when you have that easy of a pick in front of you. Um, the In my perspective, the only reason I really didn't give it an A or an A plus is one of the guys I had highlighted in our preview show is Greg Brown. And he was available when we picked at 42. So I wouldn't have hated to take him. May have given me an A just because I had highlighted him before. I think he would have been good for our team. I'm not disappointed with anyone we took in the second round, really, because they're just second round picks. But I wouldn't have mind Greg Brown at 42. That's about all I could have asked different. Yeah. Um, I'm an NBA scout right now. We all are. So certified. Uh, I didn't see the need to take two big men really i uh, well because we well we signed someone get to that yeah but at the time but that was already rumored i guess and i didn't see the need to take two seven footers luca garza and balsha copraviza if that's how you pronounce it that's how you put it in there yeah it's balsha copraviza like pizza yeah, so I didn't need two big men, and then who would you have taken? The then, livers out of curiosity at that point in the draft. Oh, some like high upside guard, Aaron Henry. Not super high upside, but high defensive upside since he didn't get drafted. And Isaiah Livers. That was I a didn't cold see. take by you on the previous show, but yeah. it's not a Michigan, Michigan State. So. Yeah, I said that for sure. Henry would get drafted and Livers was a question mark. So that's my next point. I saw Livers pretty low in most of these mocks, and we took him at 42. So I was a little surprised by that. I don't hate it, though. I think he could be good. I don't know. Second-round picks aren't going to get you all jazzed up. Yeah, like once you get out of the first round, it's like you're just guessing. You hope a guy can, like, make your team in, like, your starting 10 in, like, the eighth spot. And then we drafted the best player in the East, Cade Cunningham. So The East what? The Eastern Conference. Okay. We're going to do that? <laughs> yeah. We're doing it. Well, he's not the best player in the Eastern Conference. I love to get all giddy like that, but like... Yeah, but he could be. This season. What are you saying right now? Are you just doing like a bit where like you're just going to... you think Kate Cunningham's going to be the best player in the Eastern Conference this year? Is that what you're actually saying? No. Okay. Good. I, I honestly I just like know. to get... I feel like I know you pretty well that that's a joke, but like the way you said it. Just working you out, man. Evan, likes or dislikes? Like, obviously, Kate Cunningham. Um, I don't mind livers. Um, I question his health going into the season. Because last time we saw him, he was injured for March Madness. Um, obviously, yes, he, he has to be pretty healthy for them to uh, 
draft him. He will not be playing. That's a good point. He will not be playing the summer league due so, to setting. Okay, injury. so he's not healthy. So there's a question mark. Mm-hmm. But he's in a wing player, six eight, can guard multiple positions, can shoot the ball pretty well when healthy. I think he needs to shred a couple pounds um, for an NBA weight and for the positions that he's going to be playing. Uh, and then, you know, Garza is a person that I hated playing in the in the Big Ten. Um, but he's a skilled post player. He's the ideal post player that a lot of NBA teams, I think, are looking for. And I think he has an opportunity to contribute and play right away. Uh, I saw him, his like workout, NBA workout film, and I think he's lost some weight compared to his Iowa weight that he was playing with. I don't mind that. And then the Florida State kid, I'm not going to even try to butcher his name. I think it's like just like a risky pick. Like you have that extra third pick in the second round is kind of somebody that you maybe be able to develop offensive skill wise. Cause obviously he has a size. I just don't know if he's talented enough offensively to play in the NBA. So I think it's something where he plays in Julie for a while, see if he can develop some game. So a overall, you drafted a post player. You need a post player after draft night, you drafted a wing player that can guard multiple positions, never too athletic. And then you drafted the best player in the draft. So I give it an A. Yeah, I think that you made great points. Best player in the draft, it, it automatically like kind of sets the bar in an A, and then can't be worse than an A minus with Cade Cunningham. Yeah, so I think the clear takeaway from this draft was we wanted to improve or take chances at improving our shooting, our three point shooting. Last year, Pistons shot like thirty five percent as a team, which is twenty second worst in the NBA. And we took, we were around that same range for the amount of threes we attempted. So not a three-point shooting team really at all. Not very good at it. Um, the only guy we really had that was like consistent, we had two guys, I would say, uh, was Wayne Ellington and Sadiq Bay were like the main guys. You had splashes of Frank Jackson. So I think that's why they they kind of went with the livers there. And Garza, because he's a, he's a three-point shooting big man. Um, now, here's the thing with Garza is like, I don't have any expectations for him to do anything i'm intrigued by just because we know him so well from the big 10 um but he won the wooden award which is just kind of popped in my brain all right let's look at the last let's what you guys want to do from 2010 2010 sound good i like doing like round numbers like that like 10 so wooden award winners um now obviously see how their careers panned out starts with jimmer for debt then you got anthony davis trey trey burke doug mcdermott why are you shaking your head trey burke he's a he's a if Luca Garza turned out to be Trey Burke in the NBA, that'd be a great pick. An okay career, bounce around a lot. Yeah, yeah but an NBA player, NBA like star at times, so that'd be good. I will not let you slander him. Star or star. started at times. Yeah, yeah, no. And from where he was drafted, I'm saying for where Luca's drafted. If Luca Garza was a starter in the NBA ever for a season, it'd be a great draft pick. Okay, so we had Jimmer, Anthony Davis, Trey Burke, Doug McDermott, Frank Kaminsky, Buddy Heald, Frank Mason the third. Jalen Brunson, Zion, Obi Toppin, and Luca Garza. So I think overwhelmingly they haven't had fantastic NBA careers, but I think it's still worth the shot, you know, in case you get a role player in that situation. I think a lot of those guys had decent or have decent careers. Uh, for Det, no. McDermott. McDermott just signed a pretty big contract. I'd say he's had a decent NBA career. Dougie McBuckets is still playing in the NBA. He is. He's definitely he has is. a decent NBA career. Kaminsky. Still playing, you know, played on, on the finals team. 10 minutes on, in the finals. Decent NBA career if you're still in the league. Frank Mason the third. That's a bad one. I don't know what he did. I guess the rest are really kind of too early. but Buddy uh, Heald's pretty decent. It's all right. 
he's got a fat contract. I'm just saying, I, I, it kind of goes back and forth. Like, I think it's it's worth the shot, you know, at, at 52 where we picked him. It's like, just take the Wooden Award winner, see what happens. Um, I think it's a, actually a really good pick. I think he's too. going to be better than what people think. Well, okay, so he's I guess slow. going into year one, I'm just fascinated. Like, what do you think his role is, like, year one? Is he a G, is he a G League mainly guy, or does he get? I mean, run? he's G League. I think he's competing for like a role on like a backup center position. I think he's a two way guy. Yes, he's a two way guy, but like, I think he'll he'll be on the Pistons after draft play. after draft night before free agent even started. I said, you look at the roster, and I said there is a chance he makes the roster and contributes minutes because there's always a place for somebody that can score. Anywhere on the court. He has a jump shot. He can shoot from three, and he has post moves. Yeah. I think huh? he can contribute. I, I mean, I don't like Luka Garza at Iowa, but now that he's a Pistons, I, I love the draft pick. I don't mind it at all. I am hopeful for him that it translates, but I wouldn't – I'll say this. I would not be stunned considering where they are both drafted if, like, if uh, Kopravica beats him out for, like, a two-way spot. Because I don't think both make our roster at the end of the day. Uh, I would not be stunned if, like – they get into workouts and it's like, we're going to take the shot on the taller guy who can develop a jump shot and, uh, you know, has better rim protection potentially. Like I wouldn't be stunned. I would be surprised. I mean, I watched this tape, but they're only, they're only five picks apart. Really? And like it's like they're in the same range of player. Luca guard is a lot more, well, obviously more polished because we're talking about the other guy being a project, but I don't see the, I mean, I'm, I don't know why you take both if you're not planning to put one in the G League and maybe have one on a two way. I think you probably keep both. Maybe I would. I don't. I don't know if both you got room. Definitely in the G League, and I don't think teams are lining up to sign uh, Mr. Balsha. So you could just shove him on a G League contract. Yeah, potentially. I guess we'll see with those guys. Who will? Some are legal. Yeah, Balsh is not playing because his deal is not final. Well, I think he will return. I think the deal's expected to be done. He just might not play like the first game. All right, well, hopefully he gets in there. I'd like to see all as many people as we can play. Now, I'm going to tell you where I'm a little upset. Um, and it kind of actually illuminates a bigger point that we've talked about on this podcast for a couple shows. And it, when it comes to like our new GMs, who it's a good problem to have where like they seem much more competent than past GMs we've had. But it, you get this feeling, this sense sometimes um, when talking to people or on social media where, like, if you question them, people will jump down your throats. Like, we talked about it most, namely with Steve Eiserman last show about just blindly trusting the Eiser plan. I got some of those same vibes with Troy Weaver. Uh, and I'm referring to the pre-draft trade that happened. And when this came through, I'm just sitting there scratching my head, like, Mason Plumley to Charlotte to move 20 spots back in the draft. Okay. And then obviously if you like, like, I think I, I tweet out from our account, like what, like a uh, gif of like, like what, what WTF? Like, huh? And obviously like the smart out comes like, Oh, it's a salary dump. It's like, well, no, no crap. I understand what we're doing. Like we don't want his $8 million on our books. And then people are spinning it like, Oh yeah. Like it's not a bad move. Like we had to do this. We're like, no, I agree with that. I agree that I don't mind us getting rid of him, but can we all like look at the Mason Plumley and say overall it was like a if you're doing like a plus or minus in the box score of basketball and hockey, like that was a net negative move for the team. Like got rid of triple double god. We were well, not even okay, so not even like his production. Like I don't even need Mason Plumley on the team. And we can get to like, you know, him versus Olenek later. 
But I'm just saying purely like we were trying to get the first pick in the draft. We were basically tanking. We didn't have to sign Mason Plumlee to $8 million. And then your net result of him is just dumping him off and then moving from 37 to 57. And the reason that kind of hurts is I look at 37. At that pick, you could have had Io DeSumo, Jared Butler from Baylor, who I really like, or Joe Wieskamp. You could have had any of those three players if you had just kept that pick. And it's like, I get it, Pistons fans. Don't don't question Troy. Like, we had a dump salary. But, like, we didn't have to take Mason Plumlee, uh, you know, for $8 million when we were trying to suck anyways, and we don't get anything from him. I would say the only thing that I enjoy from it is I like, I think that Troy Weaver realizes when he, like, makes a mistake and it's a net loss, he got rid of it quickly. Like, he didn't keep Mason Plumlee. He's like, you know what? He's not really going to help us next year. I'm just going to get rid of him now. So I, I respect that. I appreciate that. But I think objectively, I'm one of the maybe a few people saying, like, can we all just look at Mason Plumlee objectively and say it was like a bad deal overall? Like we didn't gain anything from bringing him on our team. I think there's a couple things. One, I think that what I read today is that the, um, the staff and Troy Weaver evaluated Olenek and Plumlee and decided a couple of weeks ago that Olenek was a better fit for the team. And that was part of the trade. Number two, I think it means that Troy Weaver likes what he has in Isaiah Stewart. I think that's pretty obvious. So that's, I think it's a good sign that he got rid of Plumlee to help Stewart develop more. He'll get more time. I agree with that. But then third, yeah, I agree. I the trade itself was was not good. Like I'm not going to sit here and be like that trade was awesome. I'm super happy about it. I saw it. I did the same WTF. I'm even at the golf tournament. I was like, wait, what? Is this like a typo? Why did we move back 20 and give him up? That just made no sense. When we were talking about pre-draft trades, it was like Plumlee being an asset to teams. And that was just complete complete salary dump. Didn't really get anything back. Like if, which I understand because you're dumping a salary, but if we wanted, like you should have just, we could have just had Jalil Okafor run out there last year to get the worst pick in the draft. Like we didn't, you, just didn't you know what I'm saying? Fun. Like we signed all those centers. Like if you want to be bad, just let Jalil Okafor play for and never sign Mason Plumlee. There's something also, you never know, ownership might want the team to look more competitive and that kind of stuff. But yeah, it was just, it. in hindsight now, you can just be, chalk it up, bad signing, and the trade was worse. And that's it. It just wasn't good. Draft night, I thought that I understood the trade. I thought it was all right. I didn't mind it at all. Um, I knew what they're doing. Like Alex, it's okay. It's a salary dump to get for. For Charlotte to take on this contract, we have to like give them something in return. So flip flop picks, right? Um, and then six o'clock happened last night, and my mindset of the trade went completely different. I know that okay, the front office likes Kelly Olynyk better, but I thought I think Kelly Olynyk is less skilled offensively, less athletic, and he's a problem on the court where other teams don't enjoy playing against him. And where now you have somebody that you're paying four and a half million dollars more than somebody that was decent last year. I just don't see the fit. I don't see why how Kelly Olynyk fits. He's unathletic. Um, he's not really skilled offensively. I don't see how he fits on this team better than Mason Plumlee. So I'm sure. I I hate the trade even more now than I did Thursday night. I think it's a dumb move. I don't see where they're going with it. And then turn around and you're paying three years for Kelly Olynyk. Um, is kind of a head stretcher where this team looks could be turning the corner within like a year or two, and you kind of want your books to look clean. And now you have a gaping hole of twelve and a half million with some ball on your roster. Hey, team option so, after wow. two. Team option after two. So, so Evan, 
Evan's super, super down. You'll Nick. I'm not. I'm not as against I want to play both sides a little bit because, like, I basically made, like, a pros and cons. So, con, he's kind of a noted scumbag, but also pro, like, he is a scumbag. No little edge. Little edge. We got a little edge now, right? We Everyone loves the bad boy era. Like, we can, you know, let's embrace him. Bad I guess. hair. Pros and cons. Uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to crap on the guy's appearance. But, uh, Good shooter. Evan, offensively, I guess the vision that I see in – other people are going to try to sell you on if they're trying to sell you Kelly Olenek is like it gives us floor spacing. Whereas Mason Plumlee does not shoot threes. Um, he doesn't take threes. He just stands in the middle like a tree. Their thinking is you get Killian Hayes and Cade driving lanes and you can space Sadiq Bay and Olenek around them and you can kind of go from there. Same thing with Jeremy Grant. Like he was, He's going to want to drive as well. Khan, we'll try to, Khan, he's 30 years old, so he's older, right? He's also 6'11", so in his wingspan's not big, so he's kind of undersized for center, I would say, especially with some bigger centers. But he can also play power forward, so that I guess power forward center flexibility is a pro. Alex said he's got a, he's got a team option on his third year, which is good. That so is really, good. it's a two-year, $24 million deal when you really look at it. Still a lot. Um, it, yeah, it, well, it's more than Plumlee. Um, but honestly, guys, and I'm not saying it's going to continue, the stretch he had with the Rockets is unbelievable. He, he had his... A career year last. He played. For it's the- contract year. If you look at any athlete in their contract year, they're always going to outperform because they know there's a check coming the following year. It's contract year. Fair. I, I buy into that. I remember that for fantasy football every year too. I Especially that. then after they get paid, they almost are always much worse. And like, but we, but we know on his his career, he's a 37 percent three point shooter. That's very good, especially Solid. for like a center center type position. Like you said, I'm not going to disagree. Um, Plumlee is more athletic and like guarding the rim and stuff stuff. But like I think Olenek got just as good of a handle, like dribbling wise, and obviously a better jump shot. And his rebounding numbers weren't bad. Obviously, with the Rockets, you have to take it with a grain of salt because like they were tanking as well. So he got a bunch of chances to shoot the ball as much as he wants. But I mean, he's averaged like double digit points throughout seasons in his career, and like I said, 37% three-point shooter. I, I don't hate it, but it's never like it's not flashy. And he's probably one of the few guys who are like, yeah, I'll, like, I'll go to Detroit. So I'm going to give him credit for that. Like, I could see a guy, like, he kind of has that mold, like, like gritty, like, I'll just go to Detroit. I don't love having a defender that, I mean, not a, a center that is not a plus defender. He's not going to, he's not going to protect the rim. He's not going to rebound that well for a center. And then also, he's not a back to the basket scorer at all. I mean, so you're just not going to have that. And usually when you have a center, you you still, even in today's modern NBA, it's nice to have a guy on the block that can get you a basket. And Olenek's not really going to do that. Who needs post-basketball? I don't need it. So the Pistons are going to run a five out with him. I love it. We'll I'm, I'm becoming more uh, as we talk. He's not for a year or so. I don't know. Here's some. It'll be interesting. Here's going to be crazy. You think Evan's mad now? I was going to get in a feel from uh, Pistons Twitter. They're like, oh, like this is so much money for a bench player. I go, I'm not so sure he's going to be a bench player. No, he starts. I would not be stunned if he starts night one over Isaiah Stewart. Like, I, I think they could flip flop, and I also think reading into this, who starts there doesn't matter that much. It just matters on how many minutes you're getting per night and who closes yeah. the game. But like, I don't, and like people are still too attached to the starter backup tag, especially at that position right now. It's like doesn't really matter, but. I'm just telling you right now, get ready for the day when Kelly Olenek's our night one starter and people are mad online. 
I will be mad if Olenek takes away from like developmental minutes from Stewart. That'll be the only thing that could really like make me mad because I don't expect us to be, you know, competing that much next year. So it's really the year after that is the big year. With whoa, what was that? You just got so dis like compete that much. Yeah. Okay. Did you see all the teams around us playing tourney or bust, dude? That's it's falling below that. Okay, I'll carry that wagon. Playing tourney or bust. I still want to get there. No, sure. I expect it. We're not deep. Lighter side, before we go back into more thing, I did want to touch briefly on the draft day overall. What did you guys think about the pick being leaked so early? How did you feel about that? I was like 50-50 on it. Um, it made ease my mind and my heart. Like, okay, we, we didn't mess it up at like 2 in the, at two in the afternoon. I'm like, all right, that's good. But like the whole like part of the draft is like building the anticipation to see the first time you see it is when the commissioner announces it. So it's like losing its like luster, like so like the draft. Now you're not getting people to watch it because they already know what's going to happen beforehand. And it's an entertainment you want people to watch. And so you're missing out on that opportunity. And I get Woj has a job to do and he's trying to, you know, get clicks or whatever you want to call it. But I think that he shouldn't have leaked it because he works for ESPN and they're broadcasting. So it's kind of, I was begging for it for like two days before the draft. And then once it happened, I was almost disappointed. Yeah. Is this a really weird, bittersweet thing? We're like, yes, we got our guy and I can breathe easy. But now there's no like extra excitement. And like, I would have been even more excited if I didn't know until the actual pick was happening. And then we got him. Then I would have been all jazzed up. Yeah. But it killed like no, uh, no big excitement. Like, knowing that since the outcome was Cade, like like Evan said, I kind of see it both ways. We're like, it's best for our anxiety overall because I would have been a ball of nerves, like, live. That's um, good. But the moment, well, it was good because we picked Cade. But, like, true, if the it was moment was so would have been so good that we we don't know when we get Cade. Um, that would have been, like, a great, like, you know, um, goosebumps moment. Like, yes, we got him. We didn't know. Um, but also, like, if it went the wrong way, it would have been devastating. So, I guess it was good. Uh, I do want to say, we kind of know this with, like I'd say, NBA is one of the more fashion-dominated leagues. The, the fashion in today's NBA is just banana lands. Um, I kind of knew the trend of, like, we don't wear socks and we wear, like, ca- like capri Super pants. weird. But, like, nobody wears socks anymore. Just, like, nothing in the NBA ever pull off. Like, these pants were stopping, like, mid-shin almost. Even, like, everyone. There was only one guy, Moses Moody. Shout out to him, wore normal dress pants and like socks and didn't see his ankles. Just trying to imagine any of us or any of our friends trying to wear something like that and we would just get crucified. I don't get it. It's just, we just like, I think we should try it. I think we should try it one night. We are going to Miami. Let's see if we, we have to like, off. we have to like get special pants. So like for the purposely buy pants that are deemed too sh- like floods. In fantasy where, football drafts, we all dress up as if we're getting We drafted. all show up. And if we pull it off, we take it to Miami. That exact fit. All right. Yeah, I uh, I don't think it's Post a picture and let the fans decide, like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yes or no. Let me go um, buy some 26s. Fat, fashion-wise, too, Cade and the – I had to do some research on, you know, buffs, all this Cartier. This Cartier glasses. Cade and the buffs was sweet, his uh, sunglasses. I'm glad he leaned into that. Like, it shows me he's aware – and he looked, Cade looked good. I mean, he was doing the whole ankle thing too, but his looked a little bit better than everyone else's. He wasn't as stream as like some of the other guys. He looked sharp. Yeah. That's our guy. And the hat, I was worried with his hair, but the hat ended up looking pretty good on him as well. So all good things. 
from him fashion wise. But I had to get that out there. I was like, what am I watching? No one wears socks. I thought that the last like three years. Crazy. And those like weird spiky shoes. What are those called? Uh, it's all like slippers, but they're like like Louis Vuitton. But you know, like, they got like spikes. Those little spikes on. Them. Yeah. It's like wow. What is what is fashion these days? Kisper Corey Kisper OBX reference. Corey Kisper looked like a kook from Outer Banks. He just looked like the most preppy. Like, he just looked like I wasn't looking at Corey Kisper. I can tell you that. Oh, Bonk. <laughs> I mean, no, I didn't. He won the draft night because he gets to go home with her. It's like everybody <laughs> old, else is losing. The old, like, Alex uh, Caruso won free agency too. The old Zach Wilson thing, I guess, in the NBA draft. Yeah. Okay, now back to our team. Quickly, I don't have too many thoughts on it, but we. So we got rid of Corey Joseph to re-sign Corey Joseph to a cheaper deal. Cheaper deal. We cut Davidas Servitas, which is huge for Evan. Never he, has to pronounce that game ever. <laughs> pronounce that name ever again. Never should have been drafted. And then I believe that that was a pre-Weaver era, correct? That was like 2019. Yeah, that was last year. He was like a well, no, oh yeah, the year before. Wait, year I think before. we brought him in the trade, didn't we? No, he was the second round pick, last one. No, it might have been. It might have been. A, actually, it might have been a trade. No, we might have yeah, I, I know. We I think we did it. someone's agent a favor. I think his agent. We drafted that guy. No, we didn't. He got drafted to the Mavericks. I looked this up the other day. Yeah, but it was a trade to us okay. on draft night. And then well, we never have to worry about him again. And we got rid of Tyler Cook, which I kind of like Tyler Cook, but I guess whatever. Like, I was a little surprised. I felt bad because he was so excited to play with Luka Garza. Like he was tweeting like Hawkeyes for life. And then we just cut him. The NBA is a cutthroat league. And Maybe then we'll bring him back. We gave out offer sheets to... Hamadou Diallo, Frank Jackson, Saban Lee. We're still waiting for the news of those, whether or not another team makes an offer for them. Um, the only one I could see someone else offering for would be Diallo, but we'll see what happens. I there. saw some Frank Jackson chatter today. Wow. <laughs> to the Suns. Wow. And Bucks. You can have them. Um, but overall, I have a big concern with our team. Any of you want to take a stab at what it is before I say it? We're not athletic enough. Evan nailed it. There you go. Took, oh. it, took the win out of the sales. Let's say we signed three Canadians. We just have... <laughs> we have <laughs> Chop Canada. We have no athleticism on our team. None. Like none. Cade. Zero. Cade's not really athletic. Ah, he's more athletic than the rest of the guys. No. On our team. No. Our team is all about wingspan for Troy Weaver, so... I mean, be, I think the most, athletic. the most athletic guy on our team is Diallo, and I would say second is probably Jeremy Grant. Yeah, those guys are athletic. Hemi so, was won a dunk contest. Yeah, but he's like a bench guy. Like in our starting five, we have no athletes. Like in in the NBA realm, obviously they're more athletic. Killian is reasonably athletic. No, he's not. He's not that fast. I'm telling you right now. I read that Cade is much more athletic than we realize, and that his roster was so bad at Oklahoma State that he couldn't he couldn't show it. So, I mean, maybe watch his high school tape. I he watched was pretty athletic. Yeah, in high but I've also watched him in college try to blow by average big 12 defenders and get stopped in his tracks like he's not like a burst off the dribble guy he's like a step back oh. create your shot you floater might, you might guy. find out something new this year more space in the nba though yeah there's a but lot of space in the NBA, yeah. the rules was going to allow more ability you're going to see some cake i'm just telling you right now if you look at our roster our big weakness is we are not athletic whatsoever and we're not great at shooting either we're getting better though luca garza baby Cade cunningham i think will help a lot with the shooting Yes, K will help. Probably more um, than Luca Garza. Alex, I need you to get Frank Garza, speaking of Luca, on our podcast. I almost messaged him today. You have to. I his tweets are so funny. And I know like he's kind of big time. I'm not I don't want to make fun of him. I'm not making fun of him. Like it's oh, so sincere. <laughs> I like that. I'm just like I try to like uh 
kind of sugarcoat things. I was like, no, like I like the idea of having a really supportive dad like that, but like it's almost laughable the way he words them. Like he's so proper and he puts like a peacock at the end of all of his tweets. I don't get it, but he's just trying to like brainwash the whole Pistons fan base that like we got the best player in the draft. I, the the way he's like, like Pistons Nation, you're gonna love what you're getting. It's just this like son in an empty gym with him rebounding, just draining threes. And I'm like, okay, that, that relax. tape was one of the most least impressive things I've ever seen. Relax. He Frank. was just kind of sitting there like half assed and shooting it. wasn't wasn't cool. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I don't know, but I need this guy. I need to talk to him. It seems like he's all up on Twitter. Like he's deep in the Twitter game. He's posting one every single day. He's posting right now. Two hours ago, Luca from. Uh, the half circle, and then him shooting from half court. It's like, what are we doing? It's, it's yeah. Yeah, but we're going to have him on the podcast, and we're going to ask him about it. It's the dad learning what Twitter is and getting reactions, and so now he doesn't know how to control himself, and this is all he does. He has over 15,000 followers. And to be fair... Well, his son played at Iowa and was like yeah. the best college basketball player, so... like. And to be fair... He also spreads the love. Like I saw him retweet a bunch of Joe, uh, bless you, Wee's camp stuff. So it's not like he's all about his kid. Like he he spreads the wealth. But interesting. A- another point I had that I'm curious to see if you guys feel the same way. So I would, this is about the Pistons. Just bear with me here. I'm going to build into it. Mm-hmm. I would call it an existential depression. I kind of went through a little bit last night. You know, I was laying down. Uh, I watched like nerded out here. I watched like all the drafts. I like love drafts, but. The draft overall sucked compared to the NFL draft because, like, we talked about how they leak every pick. Like, I should have just yeah. refreshed Twitter the whole time. Shams, and, coach, everyone's just And also the stuff. analysts were so bad, except for shout Mike Schmitz. Mike Schmitz was good. And Jay, I like Jay Billis, but, like, I don't need Reese Davis and Kendrick Perkins just standing there. I do not need Kendrick Perkins telling me who to draft because he doesn't do research. He's no. just up there like – I do love Jay Billis, though. So. Love that guy. Yeah. I mean, I like Jay on college, but also Jay, I don't think, has a great feel for how everyone's going to translate to the NBA. Like, I, I liked – I don't know. Anyways, the whole coverage was like – and they say every pick's great. Like, no one questioned any pick. Anyways, besides that. So, I suffered I suffered through all of that. It took forever. And then I'm, like, locked into my phone last night uh, on free agency. And then, like, I see we signed Kelly Olynyk, We signed Trey Lyles. We signed Corey Joseph back. The I'm like, Canadians. I'm, like, squad. laying down late at night. I'm like, Grant, like, what is the point? of all this that you're doing not not the podcast like i like this but i'm like how locked i am in? i'm like the choice sports in general like we're so playoff starved i'm like i'm refreshing my phone putting on push notifications like for what we're debating we're analyzing this whole team to miss the playoffs again and like, gotta look forward to something. we're gonna be back here a year from now having the same discussion like oh what piece did we have in free agency to maybe make the play on tournament again like for the tigers Oh, who are we going to sign in the summer to like miss the playoffs um, again? It's like, Grant, I'm telling you, I went through one last night. I was like, what is this all even the for? The Pistons are signing a max player next summer. And the Tigers just said today, I don't know if we're talking about them or not, that they're going to sign a bunch of big name guys. So next summer is going to be. Do you, but do you guys. And we are going to make Do you guys playoffs. ever go through that though? Where you're like, what's the point of all this like sports craziness? It's like for five minutes. Just and then I right tell now. myself that I'm doing this because eventually we will be on top again. The Lions for the first time. Is that it? Is that what I need to just snap my You just got to know that like every team goes through highs and lows. But it's going to have bad years. You're going to have good years. And everyone finds a cycle and everyone ends up winning. I think it's just especially bad right now is like the whole state. You can even throw in like Michigan into the mix as well. Well, I'm glad they stink. Is like, and you can throw in Michigan State's football team as well. And basketball last year. It's like we're just in such a bad state in the whole sports landscape. 
Yeah, you watch it, dude. Michigan State basketball. Okay, one okay. Bad year. I, I'm you're taking it way too personally. I'm just talking about like you know what I'm. You get yeah, what I'm saying. Know. Let's not. Yeah, yeah. I'm it's saying just, you're being too negative. I don't. When's the last year we made the playoffs in any Detroit sports? The Red, was it the Red Pistons. Wings? Was it the Pistons? Box. Pistons box. We were the eight seed. We got swept. It's like, got dude, swept. it's been over five years. I think, like, we're so bad. Not a minute. The whole landscape is so bad, and it's like we're grinding out, sweating out Kelly Olynyk deals at six thirty p.m. on a. I am not sweating Monday. out Kelly Olynyk deals because I don't want him on. The I team. also was not sweating. Out. Right, but wait, no, we're paying attention to it. We're giving it our brain we power. We're thinking we about give the it. People yes. what they want. But yes, like, we. I was diving in and i'm still diving in i didn't even know like half of the like the free agency moves and i'm still trying to figure out where everyone's going did i have yeah. twitter notifications on for just every single free agent I mean, it's something that we do and i guess something we love because without sports grant we i would be a sack of potatoes so i would boring. be <laughs> unenjoyable to hang out with nobody would like me a couple months of covid with no sports i was just absolutely miserable I think, I, guess, to do with I think that's a better point and like we'll be good again one day. Like I don't really believe that sometimes. I do, uh, you're negative. I do believe that like I just don't know what I would do. Like would I just get into like knitting or like kung fu? Like what hobby is going to replace? Knitting? Well, what's going to replace sports? All right, grandma. Am I just going to read books at night? Like what am I going to do? You're going to watch TV shows and watch movies. and There's so many people in the world that don't have any interest in sports, and they're fine. Not that many. No, there's a lot. Are they fine? Are they fine, though? Psychopaths, I would say. No, I wouldn't say that. Are most? Not most. There's a lot of females that don't care about sports at all, and they're totally fine. Are they, though? They don't even notice. They don't even blink. Well, you also, care about the Kardashians. Which is better, sports or Kardashians? I guess I'm not just, saying sports is bad. No, I'm girls just saying are, people are. Girls are different about it. Girls get more, it, no problem. I'm saying more like guys. Girls are wired differently. Their genes are different. Their hormones are different when it comes to sports. They just don't feel it the same way we do. I'm saying. You feel it inner. I'm saying <laughs> majority of guys out there have at least a decent interest in sports. And if I wasn't one I of them. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't be friends with you guys if I didn't pay attention to them, I feel like. We all met in kindergarten. I think we'd be friends. I don't know, man. If I was like, I don't know. If you didn't have any interest in sports, <laughs> I don't think we would like be that close of friends. No, I agree, hundred percent. Well, we're also a little different than most dudes. We're like full on Sports Center, age five. Like, and what show. for? For our teams to not make the playoffs for the last five well, years? We're I'm like the you. the obsessed type of sports. I'm going There's plenty of people it. that don't care as much. I'm going through it. It'll be fine. Well, they need to start caring more, and that'll get our Detroit sports teams out of the graveyard. If everyone just cared more... Evan, they're on their way. Dude, there's something just being said. Similar to how I was thinking when Barstool started, like Boston went on a dominant stretch, and they already were good, but like some were saying that the Shaw Michigan sports beginning, things have been looking up for Detroit sports. Well, the thing is... We hadn't gotten a first pick in 50 years. We start a podcast, get the first pick. If Tom Brady's in your city, you're going to be good. Okay. You know that? When he was at Michigan, the Red Wings won two finals. And yeah, all the yeah, teams yeah, made yeah. the playoffs, you know. Goes to Tampa, the Lightning win and the Buccaneers win. But the Lightning won because of all the guys in the World Series. True. I don't know, guys. I just I need, I need something good wins. to happen or else I'm going to keep going through these bouts of existential sports depression. They just got the best player in the Eastern Conference, the number one overall pick, Cade Cunningham. Things are happening. I need it sooner. Michigan football, like you said, they're winning 10 games. You say it every year. Okay, leave Michigan out for now. I'm, I'm only focused on Detroit, but they will win 10 games. Bowl game counts. 
Yeah. Oh, my bad. Um, yeah, then I can go 10 too, guys. Relax. Uh, Does that conclude our Pistons talk? Yeah. That was depressing, I would say. Some would say. But it's real. It's raw. And with all that being said, let's switch to the Lions, Detroit Lions training camp. Uh, main topic two that opened up here. And, you know, depression on sports, whatever. I wrote in all caps for this. I am all in on Jeff Okuda after the start of Lions training camp. Um, there's a bunch of storylines, but I just had to get that in there. I know how hypocritical it's like, oh, grand, you're acting like Detroit sports are doomed. Well, I can trick my small monkey brain and be like, yep, Jeff Okuda. Here we go. Multiple reports, multiple people pouring out that he looks like a new man, a new player. He's buying into this whole like stoic philosophy thing for a new mindset, tapping into like this belief that, you know, like I'm bigger than my problems. You know, like I was... I was put in a terrible situation in my rookie year, didn't have a training camp because of COVID, had a terrible coach with a terrible scheme. Now I'm a different guy. I'm going to control what I can control, and I'm going to be sweet. I'm all in on Jeff Okuda. Me too. That was my main – whoa. <laughs> Hold Just up. because I ranked him that low doesn't mean I don't think he can be good. No, I'm pretty sure ranking him like 18th behind Jelani Tavai. Basically, you're no, predicting that – No, I had him that- ahead of Tavai. You're predicting that he's not going to be good. I don't think well, he did. I think I had him ahead of Tavai. I don't think he did. Let me see. I don't think he did. Do you feel bad? One ahead. Ah, Jeff Okuda ahead of Tavai. Okay, we're Javon. splitting hairs, though. The fact that they're in the same sentence. Well. You're not allowed to say you think Okuda's going to be good this year unless you change your whole list. I can't. We're not allowed to change our list. So, yeah, exactly. Was, it was Correct. before training camp. So what am I you, supposed to do? Just have a better feel for just football. Just have a better idea of what happens at training camp when I can't see it. Just have a better feel for the game of football and how he's going to make a leap. Well, I had Will Harrison there, and apparently he's doing well too. So maybe you guys should have had him on your list. I did. Will Harris mm-hmm. was on your list? I'm pretty sure. No, I'm pretty sure he wasn't. Tracy Walker feels like he for sure was. Yeah, he's on all of our lists. But he hasn't. Ah, uh, Will him. Harris missed my twenty-five man cut. Yeah, he was yeah, between him yeah. or Khalif Raymond. Yeah, maybe you should know more about football. I do know more about football than you. Mm. 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 Do you? You know why? And it's going to come through just on the Jeff Okuda take. If he stays healthy, you're going to look like a clown. I'm telling you, he can be good. I also told you from what I saw. Yeah, but you're, last I don't year, care about your words. That's I care. why he's ranked where he is because he stunk last year. I give you actions. He stunk last year. Yeah, but I said we were making those charts based on projections as well. Well, what part about that? I don't you understand? Make my list the way I want to make mine, and I based it more emphasis on what I actually have seen. Well, there always does have to be a worst list, so it makes sense. Yeah, there'll be yours. Is that what you want? You want more arguments on the show? Is this what you're trying to do? No, I was generally stunned that you said you're all in on Jeff Okuda. It it knocked me back in my seat. I, I root for the Lions. I'm a Lions fan, and I want him to play well. Is that a f-ing crime? I <laughs> <laughs> got that, Bob. Whoa! You Is just that bleep a- that. Can you use a bleep feature? I don't know. Maybe because I just got heated and I accidentally dropped the bad word. <laughs> <laughs> what a dweeb! All right, uh, what what rip off some storylines you guys are enjoying from camp? Dan Campbell press conferences. Just when he talks. Um, just, I just think he's a funny guy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no disagreements. The hatred of past players and current players, just hatred towards Matt Patricia. Oh, like Darius Slay was asked, That's what exactly. are your thoughts of going back and playing the Lions? And he says, I don't have any hard feelings because Patricia's not there anymore. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. And he was the second one to say something about that. I can't remember who was the first. But there was another player that asked, like, Something about the Lions, and he's like, oh. Oh, 
they have a new system. Jared Davis. Jared Davis was like talking yes. about how, yeah, talking about how was. bad Detroit was for him. Did you see? He wanted to quit football. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he almost quit. And on that note, also, Darius Slay was asked if he's excited to like come back to Detroit and play them wrong. Evan just talked about that. What? You? Are you joking? Just on mute? Oh my god. Were you on mute? Did you I hear didn't hear you say Darius Slay. <laughs> it was the first guy. I thought you said, I can't remember the player. And I was going to tell you. Oh who my was. god. The get, second player. Get it together, Alex. Okay, continue. Evan, did you? <laughs> wow, that was That's stunning. What, I, 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 thought, I, I thought we were just going to be bouncing around here. Okay, I got, I got one. I got, I got one. I got one. I'm legitimately concerned about our head coach uh, and his coffee habits. He Bad. came out today. He uh, said he starts his day, and I think he meant every day. Like He made it seem like this was a regular occurrence. Two venti-sized Pike Place black coffees from Starbucks and adds two shots of espresso to both of them. <laughs> I did some math, guys, because it's like good. that is 970 milligrams of caffeine per day. I would. Assuming yeah. he doesn't have anything else, the average, the high end safe amount for the normal human being to have is 400. So he's at 970. And 400 is four cups of coffee. We're already. 400 is four cups of coffee. He's having 970. Almost nine cups of coffee a day. Almost 10. It's bad. And I think that explains, I looked up like side effects of a thousand milligrams. Like you're just constantly like twitchy and jittery. I think that explains his press conferences. He's like always fidgeting for something. Like he's always taking drinks of water. Like he doesn't sit still ever. It's There could be worse things your coach could do. I'm a little bit worried about it though. Like I don't know how he sleeps at night. It's so much caffeine. <laughs> like what are we yeah, doing? It's not, it's not healthy. It's actually a little concerning. It's crazy. It's really not good. <laughs> My note, um, Troy Weaver being there and talking to Brad Holmes, everyone's making this a ginormous deal. Yes, they're going to have conversations. They're the GMs of the two pro teams and two of the four pro teams. I don't think it's that big of a deal that Troy Weaver was there, but I just see everywhere like how important that is to me. Not a big deal. And Aline McNeil starting over uh, Anzarecki. Oh, I think I put McNeil above him Ansel, on my list. Ansarecki's been missing from stuff. I think he might be dealing with something. I believe. Kind of something. Like an injury? Potentially. I'm not leaking anything, but I feel, I feel like I've seen multiple beat writer tweets. Like, I don't see Ansarecki out here. I thought he was there. I'm just saying. Just he was at rookie camp. Do your camp. own research. I'm just, I'm just floating. He was at rookie camp. I'm floating irresponsible rumors. It sounds like it. Now I'm going to look. Evan, while he looks at uh, bounce, bounce around topics. I saw some 30-minute... Training inside training camp special from Fox on TV the other day. Wow! Um, and they're talking, and Dan Campbell saying how Jared Goff has like he's definitely the leader of the offense, has control of it. He's had one of his best practices uh, since he's been here recently. So I think Goff is taking steps and being like that captain, that vocal leader, on, and in a new team and new system. So it's good to see that your quarterback's doing that. Throwing he's not shying away from the opportunity. Throwing wise, I'll. My Jared Goff things. I heard that he can't connect on deep balls very well, which I don't think is a shock because that's not what he like is here to do and hasn't been good at. But that's more. I wouldn't look into it that much. I mean, it's a new quarterback coming to a new system with seven or eight new wide receivers that he's never thrown to, and not great Um, wide receivers. It's going to take a long time to get your timing down, and especially with deep balls, you have to hit it like perfectly. True. but Justin Fields had a sweet one there showing in camp. And obviously, like the insiders that are reporting it had need something to say. You know, if he misses like three or 
throws deep and we're gonna obviously say, oh, you can't hit the deep ball. Um, Dan Campbell, up downs and the coaching staff in general. I love that. I always love when coaches get in the mix with like the crappy conditioning parts of practice. And I was just picturing like how much more do you think that does for the camaraderie than having poncho wearing guy driving around a golf cart with a walking boot on last year, like just yelling at people. Like they have to just respect and take criticism and feedback from this coaching staff so much more that they're in the mix with the guys doing the dirty work, doing the up downs. They may not have looked pretty like Dan Campbell with gas doing them. He was doing like half downs, but just so much better than a guy just on a golf cart yelling at you. Anzarecki sat out practice Tuesday. That's it though. Uh, so not, no pretty... word on an injury. Okay. I wonder why he's sitting tomorrow. out though. Why is he sitting out? That's interesting. Should know more tomorrow. Can't wait. And my other thing I oh, I stumbled into while I was reading is apparently Taylor Decker is the star of the day on Tuesday, August 3rd. He was the star of the day. Cool. I don't know what to say. There was a fight. All caps, fight. Yeah, that was the next. Fight one. at camp. We had a fight, Evan, our With guy. Rookies. Well, they're both our guys, but Amonra St. Brown and Ify Melanfanu swung hands today. Punches were being yep. flown. Love it. Give it to me. Give it to me. It's but, competition. It's two young guys trying to get their spots, trying to get starting jobs. And when you're facing the same guy, probably over and over and over again, like where you have uh, Oruarie and Okuda probably taking like one-on-ones, let's say it's one-on-one trolls or seven-on-seven trolls. They're probably going up against uh, Tyra Williams and Richard Perriman. Why then you have the young rookies are going to face each other like nonstop in every single drill. And then it boils over. Yes. And it leads right to my next point. I mean, Monroe St. Brown catching 202 passes after practice. That had to take at least 40 minutes. <laughs> but, geez, I love when I'm right when he's going to be the best wide receiver on our team. So, feels good. Hasn't played a snap yet, guys. No, he's probably going yeah, – I just said he's going to be our best wide receiver. Yeah, like, exactly. He's going to lead the wide receivers in receiving. You said I'm so happy that I'm right. That he's going that he's to be the best player Best receiver. He's going to be the best wide receiver on the team. Just because yeah, you like to be like play either it safe. Way, You're like play it safe, Sally. He still like, hasn't played a snap. But we can still cool. We can still make projections. Yeah, you can. Because we're not Evan and I are afraid to be wrong. It seems like you're afraid to be wrong sometimes. I'm not afraid to be wrong. You tell me I'm wrong every week. Seems like you're afraid to be wrong. What's no. your what's your bold prediction after camp? I'm a, prediction I have a million. Game. I've already said Swift's going to have a thousand rushing yards. Like that was before we got Jamal Williams, but I still stand by it. Like I just love throwing out irresponsible takes, predictions. Oh, I got to think about that. All right. Also, backfield, love it. They said they envisioned Swift and Williams being used like Kamara and Latavius Murray. I like that because that means we're going to try to, you know, oh, Evan doesn't. I like. I like it because I. Like the idea of Swift being used in a Kamara-esque role where he's catching a lot of passes, being used in space, and Williams being that kind of bruiser back. Does Evan want DeAndre Swift to be bell cow back? Uh, no, I don't mind the two-run back system. I think you always need to have like a solid backup. Um, but the way that tweet was worded or the way the tweet was tweeted, uh, Williams was in front of Swift. Oh, no. say the one-two combination. So it seemed like Williams was Kamara and no. Swift was the There's which no I, I would say way I think it's, the case. it's going to be Swift first, but it gave me pause when I read it Williams first right. as the one. Can't be. 
I'd be mad. Nah, yeah, I don't think so. Eh, he seemed like a really nice guy, but I really like Swift, so it's like, I'm taking Swift. And our guy... Uh, nice guy. Williams is hilarious. He's really... Yeah, that's one of the observations, too. He's like one of the funniest dudes of all time. Yeah. Uh, and our guy, Austin Gale, who we had on, shout out him if you want to listen to that episode. He talked, basically told Swift, like, the best college running back ever. I mean, he didn't really say that, but oh, he said that class. he liked him the best, and he said he was so good at evading tacklers, they couldn't even accurately get a feel for his broken tackle metric, which is kind of blew my mind when I was listening. I was like, wow, I guess it makes sense. It just feels like overall my main takeaway is this team is having fun again, which even if we kind of stink, like I can, like this time last year, I wasn't really excited about the Lions. I was just kind of like, there's a dark cloud over our team. I'm like excited. Like even if we go 0-3 to start the year, like I, I want to like root for these guys. I'm seeing their personalities more. The Lions shout out their social media team. They're doing this like daily cam video where you walk out and there's a question there of, you know, like answer. They did like a MJ LeBron debate. They did what could you uh, meddle in, in the Olympics? So it's like they're just we're seeing more of the team's personality, which I feel like we didn't under the old regime. I wonder why. Uh, and I just enjoy it overall. And then the, the video, too, that like. Didn't tear up for this one. I'm surprised I didn't. But you feel it right in your heart when they're in the room, the QBs and the coaches walk in the back and they're ruining on um, Melissa Gonzalez, who's married to David Blau that was cool. in the Olympics, dude. That's like one of the all-time videos I think I've seen from the Lions team in like five years. Like He was so amped, he just, uh, blew out of his shoe. Just like the genuine joy of like the quarterbacks. Like Goff is full-on fist-pumping, don't hurt yourself, Jared. Like Blau almost fist-pumped so hard that he fell down. She, and then he turns around – turns around and sees all the coaches there who he didn't know were in the room. Like that's just like heartwarming stuff. Good stuff. And like, that just makes me want to root for them as like individuals, even more so just like the, the business end of like football. Yeah. This is my main takeaway. Yeah. Yeah. It was a super good moment. Cool moment. Heartfelt moment. Really heartfelt. I enjoyed it. Watched it a couple times. Did you guys have any other main takeaways from the Lions camp? I would say I'm not nearly as like excited as you. People are raving about Hawkinson. I think we kind of expected a breakout, but I've seen multiple people say like he looks like the real deal. I have already ex- like penciled him in to be a top four to five tight end in the NFL. Well, that's good because you know last time we took a tight end that high didn't go so well. So it'd be nice to hit on this one. Oh, I've already just yeah, it's locked in. He will be. There's my prediction. Okay, that's a little spicy. Top four or five. Dropatron? That- you're talking about Dropatron? Yeah. Like, come on. I, I really think, I mean, we're early in, in Lions practice. I just put pads on today. I think he'll be the fifth so, best tight end in the NFL this year. Well, that's a little, no, that's not risky then. Because you're that, then you're saying that, because yeah, because then. Kelsey, Waller. Kittle and Andrews. Kittle and Andrews. Yeah, that's that's safe. That's, that's not a uh, I think he can be better than Mark Andrews. How about four? Shoot, I could see, I could see him being top three if one of those other guys. Honestly, I could see him being third. I can't see him in the top two. The other just two really on tar- our market share. Who else is Jared Goff going to be thrown to? I would take T.J. Hawkinson in Mine. your fantasy drafts. Hey, Evan, uh, he connected to Amano on like a seam, a deep seam touchdown today in a seven on seven. I know how like nerdy that is, but like that mm. just kind of felt good. Yep. So stay tuned. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait to buy his jersey. Stay can't t- wait. Stay You're gonna take him in the fantasy uh, draft. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I already have his like stat line in my head for him, and I'm not going to reveal it till we do. We finish out where he's at in my top 25 list. So, but yes, keep an eye on that. You haven't um, had him yet. No. 52 uh, grabs, 851 yards. Whoa. Stay tuned for the top 25. The rest of the list. I think we were 
top 15 at this point. So stay tuned for the next three installments of that as we lead up to this season. Um, now it's the Alex Gillen rumor mill segment My of the week. name doesn't usually get sad. Presented by Codes Apparel. I'm going to give you guys a week off because I can't think of a city that I know for sure off the top of my head right now. Oh, yeah, I do. Southfield, Michigan. What's their area code? I know it. I work there. So I'll let Evan guess. No, I need Alex to guess. So that'd be a call. Yeah, that was my guess. 248? 248 is right. It's 248. I knew it. Yep, Evan had it. Um, Yep. Codes Apparel, C-O-D-E-S-A-P-P-A-R-E-L.com. Find any area code themed or just Michigan, the state of Michigan logo in general theme on a shirt in a variety of colors on t-shirts, hats, um, hoodies, long sleeves, and also shot of Michigan sports apparel reside on that website as well. So go check that out when you have a chance. Okay. Rumor mill segment of the week. Not very good this week. Well, depends, I guess. If you're into this. Wait, Miguel Cabrera hit a home run tonight already. 500 Washington. So, rumor, when Washington, the Washington Huskies, travel to Ann Arbor, the rumor is that your Michigan Wolverines will be wearing all blue on that day. That really is the rumor of the week. Really? Yep. Is the rule about the rumors of the week is you can't divulge where you get the information from? Can't tell you from? where they come from. Hmm. But would you be excited about that? Oh, absolutely. Say some people might get jazzed up about it. That's an automatic win in those unis. It looks cool. On the Unless they have their sweet freshman quarterback who's like ready to play. But we'll see by that point of the year. I can't wait until we do game by game breakdowns for the college football season. Just eager, so eagerly hard. waiting. It. Good thing we have all these transactions going on. All right, the last two Detroit teams we have for this show, main topic three, Tigers and the Red Wings. Lump them together because they made some moves, but none worthy of their own segment. Uh, should we start Tigers first? They had they, yeah. yeah, they had the more, they had the deadline, the thing. Um, you can take a nap during this segment because that's what Al Avila did. The deadline thing. So it was a boring deadline. Yeah, as Alex got to. But I don't think that's a bad thing, really. I mean, no, it is. Really? Do something. Well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I have an article here that looked at basically trades we've made since 2017 and how bad they all and kind of the returns we've gotten for. I mean, obviously it's different now because we're kind of supposed to be supposed to be more in a buying. Not we're not buyers by any means, but we're getting to the point where we're like standing pat and kind of seeing where we go, just doing nothing and just not make playoffs ever. So. Yeah, but I'm saying it could have been worse. Listen up. Since 2017, players we've given up. J.D. Martinez, Alex Avila, Justin Wilson, Justin Verlander, Juan Ramirez, Justin Upton, Ian Kinsler, Leonis Martin, Kyle Dowdy, Mike Fears, Nick Castellanos, Shane Green. Mike Fires. Players received. Dahl Lugo, Sergio Alcantara, Jose King, Isaac Paredes, Jamer Candelario, Daz Cameron, Franklin Perez, Jake Rogers, Grayson Long, Elvin Rodriguez, Troy Montgomery, Wakel Hernandez, Willie Castro, Nolan Blackwood, Logan Shore, Alex Ling, Kyle Rakan, Joey Wentz, Travis Demerit. You don't have to tell me that they didn't get anything back in those trades. There was a couple of guys' names in there. Um, like, obviously, not like enough four. that you would like. I would say um, the only piece I could see 
being on our, there's two pieces like well okay three uh candelario i could see being on our team for you know a little bit Paredes, tbd i, I want to see more of him he got hurt today. Jake Rogers with the mustache has been a cool story a little bit. But Willie Castro. And Willie Castro stinks. He's terrible. I want him off our ball club today. Well, I was just, he just made wanted to see. one of the worst errors I've ever seen in my entire life. And he cost uh it was either school or a man, you know, win. It made me want to puke in my mouth. I woke up to it. I was in a nap. My dad was cussing at the TV, and then I got to see the replay. And it was disgusting. So he makes an error every time he plays. And his offense isn't worth it. So yeah. yeah, the Tigers are bad so, at trading. Yep. Yes. So while I would like them to do stuff, I don't hate it. We just stayed pat. And we didn't sell the one guy. We didn't sell really anyone that was like supposed to be good. Like we kept scope, which I don't mind. Um, Evan, I forget. Did you want us to sell? I, I forget. I, I did want us to sell. Um, I wanted us to sell, but then we were still in this like wild card push. I just the scope set is all time high. You're not going to get anything in return in the future. So you might as well try to get them now. If we don't sign them in the offseason, it'll kind of stink because we didn't get anything back. But, like, as you can see from right. those trades, you don't really get anything back anyways. So, I don't know. I mean, I think it would have been hard to move scope with how the trade deadline went down. I mean, holy cow. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was, like, the it was probably the craziest deadline of all time. And we just did nothing. We just watched. <laughs> Vila yeah. may have just gotten overwhelmed. No, like, oh, my God. He took a nap, <laughs> woke up, realized he missed free agency. And no, was like, stop. If we it. traded scope, I think we would have got, like, one prospect it was looking like because they traded Schwarber and he, they only got one prospect in return. Um, yeah. Maybe two prospects, but if you're getting two prospects, you're getting probably bottom tier of that team's farm system. So the only trade we did made, if you hadn't seen it, we got rid of Daniel Norris Dan for Man. Reese Olsen, I think. I wrote down, I have no thoughts on the trade we made other than like, I like Daniel Norris as a guy and I, I don't know. I don't really care he slid in one of our friends dms like 10 years ago i don't care team who no that was shane green ah similar close anyways <laughs> daniel norris uh, yeah I, baseball wise i don't think it really impacts us that much i just like him as a guy so cool guy prospect we got no idea. i don't know man no idea. He was rated number six in Milwaukee's farm system. Well, that seems all right. Um, relief pitcher. He's got a solid fastball, but needs to improve on his like breaking ball pitches. That's why he hasn't developed as fast through their farm system. Look at you. Okay. Sweat Lord Tigers prospect. Brewers prospect guy. Ain't nothing to um, it. I'm a baseball analyst, so I just know a draft right. analyst. We all are. Right all now. major sports. So, um, Shout out to Eric Haas for AL Rookie of the Month. Yeah, Isn't nothing he like twenty. Um, yeah, yeah, but he's still a rookie. I saw a video of him. This is the first uh, time playing the majors. You're a rookie. You see the video of him mowing his lawn. Yeah, it was nice. That's yeah, it's an all time dad thing. All time, just Midwestern. Yep. <laughs> My day off. Fun. I got to do dad things. Got to go. Great story. Lawn. From all intents and purposes, he's a great guy. And oh yeah, is having a great come up. Yeah. And every time I turn on my TV, he's making a good hit in a clutch situation. Um, um, but I think Grant, our wild card chase is officially dead. Oh, like, don't say I, that. I don't think we're gonna, yeah, it's so dead because dead. of all it the so wild card bad. teams and the moves that they made. There's no way we catch them. <laughs> Nine and a half games back as tonight, and uh, I wrote down like this is the stretch of the season, specifically tonight. Starting like we find out how good we are because we're playing the Red Sox, and then we play the Indians, who we always struggle against. But we could, if we do well against the Indians, we could sneak into second in our division, which I will take. 
I told you we had to go like 20 games over 500 and the teams leading the wild card had to go like five games below 500 to even like have a chance. The wild card games back, I realize is so misleading because you can maybe be like eight games back, but it's still such a big gap. Yeah. It's going to take at least like 20 games to eliminate that. If you're playing out of your mind and the other team sucks. Yeah. So. It's almost impossible. I guess we just, hopefully find some good prospects for the rest of this year. The guys, we got to figure out what guys we want to keep around for the long haul. I don't know. Alabiel might be a If sweep. we sweep the Red Sox, I'm back in drinking Kool-Aid wild card push. Who's yeah, with me? I'm not. I will not. I jumped in last I'm, week for the I'll first drink, time. I'll drink I, Kool-Aid if we sweep, if we sweep the Red Sox, I'm in. No, I'm out. I'll be out no matter what. Well, it's called me negative earlier. I think there's a good well, dose I'm, of negativity yeah, over I'm there. Yeah, super negative about the Tigers because I don't love what they do in uh, terms of the management. Oh, you mentioned management. Yes. Before we move on to the Red Wings, they might have said – I didn't listen to the quote. Oh, I, I just read it. Did it. Did he say we're spending money this offseason? How definitive he, was it? No. It was more like <laughs> – And by he, I mean Chris Illich, the owner of the Detroit More Tigers. like – like someone gave the scenario, he's like, "You, that, it's possible that could happen." Like, is that what he sounds like? It could, it could happen. I, it, you wouldn't be surprised if it did. Happen. Well, that makes me mad because everywhere I saw, like, all it's the, not like he was like, "We are spending money." All the no, aggregators, aggregators, like Instagram accounts, writers I saw said like, "Illich says the Tigers will be aggressive this offseason." He did not say we're going to be aggressive. It was more of like. It wouldn't be a surprise if we're aggressive. Not we're going to be aggressive. Oh. It was very tiptoe and people are taking yeah, we're not gonna do anything. I don't even know what it's aggressive I don't even know what aggressive looks like for this team anymore. Probably the days of dropping bags are like long gone, it feels like. Probably bags on Jose Iglesias's of the world. Well that's Evan's guy, don't Yeah, I knew he'd get excited about that. That's not the you short- see his web gems recently and how filthy his watch still is. Yeah, he's a great Jeez. fielder. I can uh that's not the shortstop I want. I'm sorry, Evan. If we don't sign Carlos Correa, I don't know what to, to do. What about Corey Seager? He's going to be available. I don't hate it. I, I just, don't love him I'm a big much. Correa guy. They're about the same to me. I just like Correa a little bit more. Don't give me Trevor. I don't want Trevor's story. Correa's got the most swag. Give me him. No, it comes back to swag. Yeah. If we're going to suck. We need to, we need to buy someone else, too. Like, I don't know. We need a lot. We need to, like, spend, like, $80 million this offseason. Mm-hmm. Like, not in total, like, for the whole contract, for, like, bumping us up. This season. Yes. Yeah. Yes. If we do. We need to be, like, just – we need to be, like, a top 15 expensive roster in the MLB. We were top five a few years ago. Seems like a few years ago. We're more like 10 years yeah, ago. Yeah, we're, now. like, bottom five right now or something. It's bottom seven. We're, and it's and when we think about, like, that's with Miggy. If you take out Miggy, we spent – we were spending, like, $40 million total. We're spending, in, like, $40 total. <laughs> <laughs> basically like an xbox video game on, <laughs> on our whole roster um yeah i mean that's basically enough of them they didn't really do anything but should be mentioned now for the wings they are still uh you care kind of in frequency here Evan, i'm kind of waiting for all these big fat flashy things to happen and nothing's happened yet whoa so now i'm a little disappointed in you because i got all excited last week about this new plan that we had and now it's not that happening. That was the like dream situation. Well, was going to happen. That would be like any of them would be. Good. Evan Cadmus steps into like the assistant GM role, and I just like keep on whispering that into Stevie's ear, and he just has softly. Do you think you'd be allowed to call him Stevie? 
No. no. I don't even Strasserman. think any. I don't think anyone except for guys. Would play. I don't. What do you think? Like he makes Chris Draper or like other guys, the scouts that used to play with him. What do you think they call? Him? They probably call him what Steve. they call them when they play. Hi, Steve. No I, one's calling him Stevie. No way. Don't people call him that though? Maybe people his call close him Stevie personal Stevie, friends. Yes, they call him Stevie Y. Close personal like. Well, wouldn't you matters. say if you were like a player? But it comes weird when you're now his like he's your boss. Yeah, it's no I don't interesting know. dynamic. I, anyways. Yeah, sorry. Tangent. <laughs> Are we gonna need, sign any of those? Guys? If you need any pronunciation help, I got you. I looked up some pronunciations. Um, first, <laughs> I'm gonna say to calm Alex's nerves down. Uh, yeah, please do. Michael is on the his way. Camp is absolutely like raging right now because they want him to be traded, and so it's just a matter of when we give up a like second round pick for him. They released an alarming statement about like how mad they are at Buffalo. How like Buffalo, Buffalo. It sounded like Jack Eichel was on the surgery table, and Buffalo just yanked his body off and said, "No surgery for you." Like yeah. crazy. No, not good. No, I actually really messed up. And not a Red Wing yet, Evan. So. We, this yet. podcast will perform the surgery on Jack Eichel himself, if need be. Pretty good. Um, so, like, all the, like, free agency moves that we're doing, there's a plan for it. Because you're seeing, like, one or two-year deals. And that is so Steven Eiserman is, like, planning out, like, the books. Like, we talked about the salary cap books. So, where he can splash in free agency when we're, like, more quality of a team. So, are we waiting? Where I can go out and sign somebody this year because uh, we're not competing for a Stanley Cup. Do we have any gross, like, cap holds and stuff on the Red Wings as we do at the time? I thought Tigers we got rid of and, uh, most Pistons of them. No? I believe we did get rid of most of them. But they're, like, Franz Nielsen is still a bad contract. He's like, because um, I've we forgot to mention Blake Griffin is freaking killing this Pistons team from doing anything. Yeah, I don't. We still might be paying like medical cap towards Zetterberg. Oh, that's oh. contract should be gone. I think Zetterberg's contract is on our books still. So I thought it comes off. Fra- this Fra- we just got rid of Johan Franzen's contract like last oh, year, two years ago. Wow, that feels like a lifetime ago that he was on our team. Yeah, the um, mule. And then we got rid of a lot, like a lot of our old guys. We're still paying Steve Eiserman's contract. I mean, he deserves it. So, as a player, um, get it because it's a joke. Because he's oh. our GM. <laughs> you could have got one, Alex. Thanks, guys. Um, but I mean, so Pew Suter guy that we got from Chicago, <laughs> still young, still talented. Is that Pew Suter? Yeah, Pew Suter, second line center. Say his first name. Pews. 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 Twenty-five years Suter. old, stolen from a rival. Yes. Still young. They gave up on him. Uh, Not a good sign. Talented. It's a great sign. I think it's a great sign. He's potential to Fantastic be a second-line starter. Yes. That's what I penciled uh, in, too. Look at us, Evan. I'm becoming a Red Wings guy. Yeah, you are. You're all in. Uh, he played uh, minor league hockey, not in the AHL. He played, like, I don't know what you want to call it. He played on the Storms team with Bertuzzi and Fabry. They played all together on the same line. Now you're Chemistry. going back to the guys that he's comfortable with playing with. They balled out. I think he's only going to get better. It's something where you're taking a chance where this young talent, he's not going to hurt your team. He's only going to potentially make it better into where you're stealing a free agent. Yes. But yes, he's not Jack Eichel. No. He's only played in one season. not getting Eichel yet. 27 points in 55 games. I wrote this kind of um, – Painted the picture here. So I believe from what I understand, he was like a restricted free agent. And so Chicago has first rights. And I guess they weren't landing on a deal. And I don't know how our guy, Mr. Eiserman, I won't call him Stevie. We're not, we're not on that basis. He has such a pulse on this league. 
I wrote, he's like a shark. He smells blood, aka friction with a player and a team, and he just attacks that team. Like he took Needlevich, Needlecoil, I would call him Needle. He took Alex Needle from Carolina because like something happened there where like they couldn't get a deal done. And then somehow he senses that Pew Suter is upset in Chicago and he just jumps in it like a shark and just bites his ankle and takes him to Detroit. I mean, this guy, Mr. Iserman, is has his finger on the pulse of this league. And did you notice in the expansion draft, we were the only team that did not have our pick leaked early? Mr. Iserman knows what he's doing. And General he, manager. He's all over this. Eisenman. He's all over this league. He knows when there's frictions in different places. He's, he's like, like, oh, for a while. Chicago Blackhawks aren't going to pay you what you want. Pews, come to Detroit. And they watched him play us. Like I think he did really good in games against us, so we got to see him play in person. I think it's perfect. Not perfect. It's good. Perfect, like Jack. Alex, you want to hear? Alex, you want to hear some bad news, man? No. Oh no. Call um, me when so we sign Jack Apple. It's not too bad. The roster's looking relatively good. We got rid of most of. Who's uh, still on the books? Just give me the bad. News. What's his name? What's his name? I'm I'm missing it. Oh my gosh! Can't think of our old GM's name. Ken Holland. Uh, Ken Holland. Kenny Holland. Kenny Holland. All of the old contracts. Danny Kaiser is still on the team. Yeah. I know he's a Western Michigan grad, but he's $5 million and he can't he's defend playing, so. Um Then we have a dead cap for Richard Panic uh, for two more years 2021. I hate that. 22 cap. season. Dead cap is the worst season. rule. Here is the worst thing you're going to hate coming out of my mouth. Oh, no. Justin Applicator, love him to death. Michigan State, legendary. However, he could not score a goal. And I think I would have a better chance scoring a goal than him. We bought his contract out and there's still three years left on that buyout contract. Yikes. 2.3 for this upcoming year, 2.3 for 2022, and then just over one for 23-24. But good news, Evan, we resigned your guy. Tyler Bertuzzi, yep. young talent. Bad. He only played in five games, so happy that we did that. Any relation to Todd Bertuzzi? Yeah. Yes, he's his nephew. Uh, but uh, the interesting thing I thought I saw from hockey Twitter, Red Wings Twitter, is that it was a it's a two year deal. So it's like we're keeping them, but we're still feeling them out, which is advantageous for us in a cutthroat way. Like it takes him right until he's an unrestricted free agent, and it's like, all right, like you're with us, but if you don't perform in the next two seasons, we can move on from you. And you look at the salary cap hits in 2023, 2024, there <laughs> is one person that's under contract. Lord. Really? 2023-2024, there's one, two, three, four, five unrestricted free agents, two restricted free agents, and one person is under contract for 2023-2024. Wow. We got a lot of resigning to do if we like our guys. Franz Nielsen's terrible contracts up after this year. Good to see. Other than that, there's no really any bad contracts besides him and DeKaiser. The glaring contracts are pretty bad. That Heisman hasn't signed. Evan, what's your your go-to salary cap website? SpockTrack? I cap friendly. Hmm. For for the Detroit Red Wings. I mean, it's laid out beautiful. I'm a spot rat guy, but I might have to check out cap friendly. 2022, we have a bunch of draft picks again that we're going to trade for Any offensive thoughts players. On Mitchell Stevens, um, Steve Eiserman drafted him. He's still young, still kind of developed. He's a little shaky offensively, but I think this is Eiserman where like he drafted him. He knows how he is. He's given him a chance is, in Detroit, more playing time, that type of thing. Is, I, I, it's going to help. 
is he the Hamadou Diallo of the Pistons? Drafted him by the old GM, uh, didn't perform that great, bring him over. I don't think he'll be Sure. I'll name that tag, give it to him. All right. Boom. We've got our homie. Uh, yeah, we need a love on offense, so that's my only takeaway. I need more scores. But I like the way our defense is shaping out. And I guess, from what I'm seeing, projected lineups, most Sider is going to be in the bigs this year. We're going to get to see him play. Uh, if everything goes according to plan, that's what everybody is saying. All right. Speak that baby into existence. Um, all right. That's our show, boys. We, we made it through episode 32. Uh, social accounts at shot of MS and everything except for TikTok. Uh, TikTok is shot of Michigan sports full out. Same as our email, our email shot of Michigan sports at gmail.com for the social accounts where you see clips, um, graphics, all that stuff, just kind of highlights from the episode each week. And also Twitter, like we could do a more live reaction, like normal, like Instagram, you can't really give your live reactions to like Tiger's highlights and stuff. Twitter, like we post highlights, you know, kind of, kind of more quick hitting stuff. You can DM us on there if you have any questions um, or just comment around in the post if you want to get in the mix there. How to listen to this show, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, depending on what you're listening on. Please follow it, uh, download it, subscribe to it, leave a five-star review. Good reviews only, please. And share the link with a friend, potentially, if you're listening. You're like, hey, what do you guys think about this? Um, And lastly, any questions that you want answered? any topics you want to discuss, please reach out to us, either email or DMs. Anyway, you can, you can reach us. We're very reachable people. Just let us know what you want us to talk about. With all that being said, cheers to episode 32. Um, cheers you should, to... You don't do that. Yeah, I do. I thought you'd cheers to something else. I just do cheers to episode 30, to close out 32, and then I raise and say cheers again. So cheers cheers to, for me, the Pistons Summer League, which I'm actually going to watch this year. I'm all in on Pistons Summer League. I'll cheers to that. Cheers to him wearing a Pistons jersey in like four or five days. Number two. We unretired number two, baby. I will cheers to that. I was going to cheers to this cheesecake and Outer Banks that I'm going to watch in a little bit, but Summer League is cool. Cheesecake review out of 10. What is it? 9.3. Wow. It's really solid. Really solid. From where? Uh, it came in my HelloFresh box. That's not free advertising. Yeah, we'll bleep that. I'm going to try the bleep feature. <laughs> yeah, the bleep would be super uh, fun. Alex's F-bomb. Drop my F-bomb. <laughs>